go. So, Adrian Bradley, welcome to episode one of the Back For More podcast. So, welcome, Adrian. Thanks a million, Shane. Delighted to be here. Good man, good man. So, Adrian, you know for a while we've been thinking about this podcast. We're obviously trying to fall in line with the new brand and we've just launched More & Co. So, who better to have involved in the very first More & Co. or Back For More podcast than um, the longest-serving coach um, that we've had. So, um, yeah, look, I suppose before we kick Anton off, the, the obvious question is that we haven't seen a whole pile of each other across the last number of months, not as much as we would, no. we would have seen each other before on a daily basis. So tell me yeah. um, tell me what's been going on, how you've been on, how's uh, the big L lockdown been uh, treating you? Yeah, it's been a, a, an interesting time, as I'm sure it has been for everybody, really. Um I don't. I don't feel like, in a way, I got the true lockdown experience because, as a, as a lot of people step back from work, the HSE was obviously ramping up its response to um yeah. to COVID, and so like I basically was working seven days a week mm-hmm. from March through most of April, and then you know sort of long kind of twelve hour, thirteen hour days, whatever, which is uh is not not always what what uh what you'd like, of course. Even though there was nothing to be doing outside of work, anyways, it's almost easier just to keep going. Um, but yeah, lockdown was okay. Part one, we'll say lockdown one was all right. We ended up, um, uh, Amy and I just trying to stay on top of some of the training, just doing a small bit here and there every day, trying to get into some of the Zoom classes. Um, and really, as well as just keeping each other sane, we've taken up a load of a load of your typical hobbies. We went to our banana bread phase. Oh yeah, um, banana bread yeah, yeah. too. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the, the typical COVID experience. And um, we started doing jigsaws and um, we've completed Netflix from start to finish. Um, <laughs> and yeah, just tried to, we, we also took up running as well, which I feel like is another sort of, uh, you know, lockdown, lockdown that key point for 2020. Been, that definitely wouldn't have been your forte pre-lockdown anyway, running. No, it still isn't changed, to be honest. I just do more of it now. Yeah, yeah. I just have to do it now. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to strike, trying to strike a balance now. So uh, it's more Amy making you go running now than you want to go running. I would say. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. I still run even when she's not here. Like I went for a run tonight as well. But uh, but yeah, it would be definitely wouldn't be my favourite uh, pastime. So look, anyway, it's, work. It's the it's the one thing that we can all actually do right now that uh, we don't need any uh, what's the word? We don't need permission to do it. We can go and do no, it. No, exactly. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, like work. You know, working out is a huge part of of my life and has been for for many years. So yeah. it's uh it's it's something I I would I'd be very loath to give up. And yeah. Uh, and so yeah, just whatever means we have is what you have to use really at the minute, isn't it? Like, yeah, yeah. You just have to... No, look, it's been it's been look, it's been hard for everybody. It's been hard for yeah. for for our whole business. Um, it's been hard mm-hmm. for families. Um, you know, I have a small family myself, and you know, it's been a difficult, difficult time. But look, I think it draws people closer together as well. They have to take some sort yeah. of positives out of it. Exactly what we're talking about with our new brand and stuff as well. But look. There's always going to be bad things in our lives. There's always going to be things that we have to fight against, but we can take yeah. positives out of that as well, you know. Um, Definitely, but it yeah, has yeah. been it has been a significantly hard year, to be fair, for everybody, yeah. you know. It's a year that no one ever thought we'd have, really. Like you, you never could have predicted. No, Jesus, no. Like, like this is this is <clears> once in a once in a kind of a century kind of event, you know. Mm, like we don't yeah, expect that... this type of stuff to happen, you know what I mean? 
no and thankfully it doesn't happen that often either so mm. um you know yeah. <laughs> so it's it's better that it's once in a generation so hopefully we're on we're on easy street from oh, look, on it's, it's 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 good to hear that um you can keep yourself active um, and i said that to everybody that we talked to on a weekly basis um it's good to hear that you're staying active and also yeah. you know, you're 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 with a, a fellow member yourself there so you can actually train together which is great a lot of people are training yeah. themselves so so that's brilliant but look what, what i wanted to kick off the conversation with being the first podcast that we do and we're going to do these mm. coaches in the gym parent people in the team in the gym also we're going to look at um members of our community and also we're going to look at members of the Cork community and the business community in Cork as well and try to invite them into the podcast and get their story and their background because you know more than ever now it's so so important to start supporting Cork and supporting yeah. Cork in a, in a big big way and we can all help each other but what I wanted to start off uh, tonight with um, was giving us a bit of a breakdown of you know where you know where did Adrian Bradley come from <laughs> How did he end up, uh, as you can all be, as you're all probably well aware, guys, by listening, uh, Adrian's not originally from Cork, it's from, you know, the, the second capital. But, but you know, how did Adrian end up in Cork um, and what's the journey? Where did it all start off and how do we end up being a coach yeah. at Moore & Co right now? So give me a brief yeah. synopsis of the, what age you now, Adrian? 33 and a half. 33, still only a kid. So yeah. a brief synopsis <laughs> of the 33 years up to now and how we uh, <laughs> how we got hold of you here at uh, yeah it's a it's a it's a funny one I suppose it's a, a, a very quick uh, synopsis first of all I don't say coming onto a podcast I was very conscious of my uh, my accent and how how <laughs> it transitions between Dublin Cork and yes. everywhere in between and um, when I go back to Dublin they ask me where I'm from in the country <clears throat> whereas people in Cork can tell I'm not from here so that's a bit of a compliment yeah. then in that way. But uh, I was actually born in Manchester, would you believe? And so I sounded like something out of Coronation Street until I was about four and a half. I moved mm-hmm. back to Ireland. See, there's something they didn't know now. There's something they Yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah. So my parents left in the 80s in the first kind of recession that most people will remember. Mm-hmm. Um, they moved over to Manchester uh, for work with my dad. And uh, my older brother was born in Dublin, but then they moved. He was about one, we'll say, and my mum was pregnant with me. So I was born there. My younger brother then was also born in Manchester. We moved back here in 1991. Um, year so after I the started, One year after yeah, the Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I started uh, started school in, in Dublin then. So my mum always talked about how quickly we lost our accents when we came over from Manchester, you know, like... Um, the English so, accent. Uh, you know, yeah. I, yeah, yeah, I had a, I had a proper like Coronation Street oh, accent, like and, yeah, it sounded like something from Oasis, you know, and uh, <laughs> except squeakier. Yeah, but uh, yeah, so anyway, then came to Dublin, so that's where I lived. Uh, lived in Rohini in Dublin, which is where my mom is from. Actually, she grew up there. My dad is from Derry. Yeah, his family moved to Dublin to escape the troubles in the seventies oh. when he was eighteen. Really? So, uh, yeah, yeah. So he they met in a, in work. And then they ended up getting married and everything and, and all that. So, yeah, I lived in Dublin until I was 21. And then I went to Limerick to do a master's in speech therapy, which is my old job, as you know. And I met a Cork woman there. So I had a brief stint in, uh, in, in Dublin yeah. after college and then ended up moving down to Cork. Mm-hmm. Pursue that relationship, which didn't uh, work out in the end. But um, Not, I decided to... to Decided to stay down here anyway. Not all relationships do work out in the end. We know that very well. 
Absolutely, yeah, yeah. So look, that's uh, you know, that's part of the journey and part of life. But uh, you know, I had a I had a choice at that time and to decide was I was I going to head back to Dublin or or was I going to hang around uh, down here for a while and see what I'll do. And to be honest, like gym was a big part of my decision to stay here. You know, I mean, I've been training at Eastside for about five years. So at that point, I was a coach for probably about a year. And I was very happy with my lifestyle and stuff down here, my job and everything. So I decided to stick it out and uh, still here now. Uh, what, two, two and a half, three, nearly three years later or whatever. So, yeah, no no, uh, no major plans to go back, but we'll see. Very good, very good. So, look, <laughs> and that, that was a good synopsis. That was, that was very, very good to fit in 33, 33 years there in probably less than four minutes, I would say. But it was very, very good. Yeah. Tell me, let me bring you back a bit, right? Let me bring you back to... You know what first um, we're kind of getting into the fitness side of things now right and the yeah training element which is a huge huge part of what we do right so mm. what what initially um brought you to to want to go training and um, mm-hmm. what was it in yourself that wanted you to go training and then yeah. what was it that made you stay training but in particular stay with our previous brand obviously cross with said no bringing us into more and co what is it that that you know has um made you stay there for that long obviously turning yeah. the coach then and developing the coach through it yeah um in sport is something that has always been a huge part of my life really and like just again a brief synopsis i played a lot of soccer growing up i was never good at ga and you didn't have to be in dublin it didn't matter yeah. we had a, we had enough we had a start we had a good start in 15 anyway so they weren't oh, going to miss me don't get <laughs> me into this conversation <laughs> This, this thing won't go off for two and a half hours, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. Nobody would so, so that, was, <laughs> that was it. So I, I would have played a lot of sports. Um, I would have played, you know, played basketball. And I was into a lot of track and field athletics and stuff when I was in secondary school. Um, so I would have been kind of keen on, on sprinting and uh, jump, oh, the jumps, high jump, long jump, things like that. And uh, yeah, so anyway, I finished school, went to college. Then I was still playing soccer at that point. And... I had dodgy ankles, as many people do, after many years of very, very gentle tackles playing soccer. Yes. But uh, <laughs> that you know, you get soft ankles from all those from well, all that. You played soccer in Limerick anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. I was, I was, I was retired by then. Yeah. Um, but actually, yeah. So just uh, you know, I kind of by the time I was about twenty-one, twenty-two, like my ankles were giving me a lot of trouble. I mean, I used to kind of be out for four or five weeks, come back in two games in over on the ankle again I'd be out for another month and then anyway I was just kind of like it's not really working for me so um I mean to be quite frank like I, I kind of gave up on my uh, my sporting career at that point you know I think yeah, yeah. whatever age you are you think you're already really old you know and I was like oh well, I'm in my 20s now you know what would uh, what would exercise do for me and like um, it's all downhill from here my youth is behind me and all that <laughs> so, so I stopped playing sport and uh, I took up drinking for sport at the weekends when I was in college, as you do. And then um, that led to quite a, quite a lot of weight gain, uh, quite a lot of bad food choices. Oh, we're, uh, having a, oh. we're having a light show here, that's... <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, um, so I finished, uh, finished college and then I was kind of looking for something to get back into. So I moved to Cork then, uh, 2013, and started playing in a five-a-side game down here. Uh, a few lads that a friend of a friend knew, so got into that. And then um, one of a friend, again, a friend of a friend was already training with you when you were in Cork Fitness Academy. So you'll remember Sam Harvey. Yeah, I do indeed. Um, yeah. Sam's a good man. Yeah. yeah. 
Cool yes, indeed. Yeah, yeah. So Sam convinced me to to go and try out a class, um, and a couple other people I knew were training with you at that point as well. And I was kind of like, oh, that sounds like absolute hell. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> I was like, I'm sure Shane's a great really guy. You know. Selling it, really selling it, Harry. Yeah, I'll, I'll come around. Don't worry. Um, I'm still here all these years later, Shane. So it can't be that. Oh, yeah. uh, but uh, but yeah, so like it sounded like hell. So I said, you know, I went along, tried a couple of classes, and I was like, you know what, I'll, I'll give it a try. Honestly, like at that point in my life, I was very unhappy with my weight, really. And uh-huh. um, I've never been heavy, like you know, to the point where like I was, I really just felt awful. But like I was very self conscious, I guess. Yeah, so that's, um, a, that's a good point. And look, I don't want to stop you, but like that, that's a good no, that's a- for for a lot of people, right? So. At that point, you were kind of, you know, you're after going through the, the quitting the sport. Then obviously, we all do it. Right? We take up the beer or, or we go out and party and the food follows it. And kind of get into a bit of a rut. And then you're like, oh, that's too hard for me. That's not for me, which is actually the opposite. Because, you know, you, yeah. you, you know, and I know what we do. It's, it's, the mo- it's probably the best place for a person who feels like that because they're getting the most support, right? But yeah. um, it is a big, it is a very, very important point at that that stage you have a decision to make don't you you're kind of like right i'm going to do this or i'm not going to do this and i'm going to carry on but yeah. being self-conscious about it just because you're a man doesn't mean you're not self-conscious about it It just means that you don't talk to anyone about it and you internalize yeah. it and you don't say it to anybody whereas a woman would talk to her friends about it maybe or her mother um but yeah no, i just like to pick you up on that point because that's a really really important point because look how much things have changed yeah. since you made that decision just to go to one class yeah Absolutely, and and I think um, the thing I'll always say to people more so than than the the um, the training and the strength and stuff that I got from it is the mental strength and um, that it's developed in me as well. And I'm going to talk you through that briefly there. Like when I started training, you know, <laughs> I don't mind telling you, I didn't I didn't particularly enjoy it. Yeah. Um, like, I no, just you're not going. But to. It, I mean, <laughs> yeah, but it was hard. It was just it was just really hard. It was just, I felt awful. I went home. At the end of it and like i felt great obviously after the class but then like the next day i was sore and then i was just like you know i wasn't i wasn't really educated about how to manage my food so i was still eating terrible food and trying to recover from very intensive training you know <laughs> yeah, great, great, while also great being what, <clears throat> yeah well yeah while also <laughs> being deconditioned you know from not having played any sport for a few years so like um, it is an absolute yeah. shock yeah exactly like yeah pretty much you know and then um, I found, you know, after after about six months, I don't know if you even remember this, but I actually did leave. Yes, um, I do remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, and I left because I just found the mental struggle of getting myself to the gym was kind of weighing down on me a lot during the day. Um, and then I was when I, you know, when I got to the class, it was always okay. Like I always enjoyed it in the class, and I always felt great afterwards. But it was just getting in the door. I always felt it was the hardest part. Yeah. Yeah, that's re- like, and that that is again just to pick you up on that point. You know, <laughs> I see it all the time because you know how long I've been doing this, right? So like, mm. you know, you could be waiting for a new member or a new client, and it's male and female. There's no disparity in this, um, and you're sitting inside, and you know, you have an appointment booked with them or they come to your first class, but they will wait in their car until they see someone else go in the door because it's yeah. so terrifying to actually go into the class. Whereas yeah. I'm kind of. <clears throat> I'm, you know the way I'm like, kind of like come in come in come on come on get in yeah. like you know yeah. it does not have to be that scary it really really doesn't you know like yeah. you just have to make that initial move <clears throat> yourself and it's never really you know there's never really this big bad monster on the other side of that threshold of the door 
it's yeah. really normally, regardless of what gym or what facility you go to, it's normally a very pleasurable person who takes care of you really, really well. You know, hmm. so, but it's really important that you mention in points because people are absolutely terrified to get out of the car or make the appointment or take that first step to actually go and do a train session. But once they yeah. do it, then it's like, all right, like this is fine. I, 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 we all do that, right? It, it doesn't matter what we're going into first day. It could be a team. It could be a club. It could be anything, you know? But yeah, yeah it, it, it's, a, it's another very important point where people mentally, again, are having that barrier of just getting started. Yeah, and I think that was that was the crucial thing for me. It was getting started, and and like that, I told myself all the lies that everybody does. Yeah. Oh, this isn't for me. You know, other people are just naturally fit. They find it's easier than I do. You know, and I'm, I'm never going to be at that level. Like you know, and uh, I'm making all the excuses in the world. You know, and say um, I have asthma and stuff as well. And I was like, oh well, you know, it makes my asthma flare up, and and that's uncomfortable. And yeah. and actually, you know it makes my asthma flare up because it, it, because it's intense and then once i take my inhaler i'm fine but i was using that as a get out for myself you know it's actually improving your your lung health like in the long term massively yeah. massively yeah yeah and then and, and again as i say it's the mental strength that comes along with these things and, and learning to manage the difficult things in your life like having asthma you know you have to be responsible you have to make sure you've got your inhaler you have to take it at the right time and manage it and like as i've gotten fitter my asthma has improved drastically. You know, I'm not carrying as much weight. I, I, my heart is in better condition. My breathing is, is better. And it's just, it's so much, it's so much lighter now. My lungs feel lighter in a way, you know what I mean? It actually yeah. just feels like... Yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. yeah. And, then, and then again, you know, for anybody that has any sort of medical issue there, within reason, you know, like there's very little medical issues that, uh, you know, a little bit of exercise each day is not going to improve, you know, like, it, yeah. you know, there's very little there that it will disimprove it. You'll always feel better after doing it, no matter what it is. Maybe it's just going for a walk, you know, you know, it doesn't have yeah. to be going to the gym. So like, yeah, it's all relative. You, like, yeah, you, yeah. you, you got in, you were in our, our previous brand, obviously Car Fitness Academy, when we were in that little, and you can remind people yeah. of what the gym was like, when we were in that, <laughs> Well, I call it the cupboard. We were in the cupboard, right? Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. And, and the business was absolutely flying, right? We had to move out of there after one year to our to our current facility right now. But you started there, and you, I know I can remember you stopped, you came back, and, and then we moved into the the, the new gym, and yeah. we started to change things up, and we and we then franchised in across it as well, and um, and we started, yeah. you know, we changed the training a little bit, and we started to broaden our horizons from the point of view of the classes and the makeup and all that. And you became one of our members then mm. who was literally a nailed on person to be there for their class every single day, but not also not not only be there for your class. Because remember, you'd be there at 5 30, but you would be the member as well who would stay there at 6 30 to 7 30 to practice your skills and practice mm. your handstands. And I can remember you building this up and getting towards the only person in the gym who handstand walk or do a muscle up, and the person who really worked on their skills an awful lot. But really, it wasn't because you were, you know, more talented than anyone else. It was just because you put in more time. Yeah, consistency and 10,000 hours, isn't that the... Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the 10,000 hour rule. I love that rule. I absolutely yeah. love that rule. My yeah. wife doesn't, but I... I, I yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. When, it, when it involves you going for a cycle for three or four hours, she's probably less, less yeah, uh, happy just, about 10,000. I'm just working towards 10,000. I'm just working towards 10,000. <laughs> that's it, yeah. But I mean, like that that is uh that's what it's about you know and like for me as i say i remember when i left and then like i i rang you one day i made a decision again i was like you know what like and i was seeing results from the first time i was there it's the first time 
really in the, since I'd given up exercise that I saw the scales start to move back, you know, and I was feeling better and my clothes fit better and all that. But actually just, I, it was the mental gap I had to overcome really. Yeah. And so I kind of resolved to myself, I was chatting to my girlfriend at the time. I was like, I think I'm going to give Shane a call, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and, I, and I was like, I'll just give him a shout and, and see. And she was like, look, just go see, give him a shout and see. So you said, just come back and try one class. Mm-hmm. And then it's six years later now. Yeah, but uh you know yeah. but, but that was it like you know you made it sound simple just like come back just do a class see, see how you get on and we'd be delighted to have you back just let me know and uh and and i did i came up and, and it is though, isn't it? like people do think way too far ahead like way way too far yeah. ahead and all, like it's just it's just one yeah. step at a time you know <clears throat> I, I i you know you know me i love reading i love reading books on on anything really but i read a thing years ago and it was a fitness related thing but it, it's you know it, it's actually about not doing too much all at once because that's what makes you sore. That's what makes you tired. That's what yeah. makes you feel the doms, you know, the don, delayed onset of muscle soreness. Yeah. And by doing too much stuff all at once, you start to get down in yourself and you, you hate that feeling. You never want to come back to it. But mm. when you do a little bit every single day, it's the person who does that little bit, that one pull up <coughs> a day or that one push up a day. Yeah. That's seven a week. It's the accumulation of that figure across a week that's making you better across time. Yeah. If you only train once a week, you're still doing an awful lot less than the person who does the little amount every single day. So, yeah, that's a big remit of mine and something that I, I, whatever brand we have, and including the new brand now, More & Co., um, it's just about doing a little bit every day for yourself. It's not about killing yourself every single day you go into the gym, but it's about being yeah. consistent when you do go in, you know? And that's it. And, and that was kind of the way I started to think about it then was, you know, the, the, if I get in and I, and I try and, you know, I, I love that kind of 1% better every day sort of thing, which is like, you know, it fits in brilliantly with the, with the new brand and, and kind of like, you know, if you, if you add 1% to 100%, mm. tomorrow you're doing 1% of 101% instead yeah. of 1% of 100%, you know, so you're, you're actually incrementally yeah, building. Yeah, yeah, so you're building your capacity all the time. So like that 1%, grows in itself the amount of one percent equals and that was that was where as i say when i when i came back to train i was kind of thinking okay if i'm going to go back i'm going to go all in this time right and, and i went actually to see see someone about my nutrition and um, because i just didn't have a clue you know what i mean like that, the only things i knew about food were things that my parents taught me growing up like i, I had no no frame of reference outside of it like you know um and so like yeah anyway just uh, i went and, and uh and went back to the classes and then you know, say trained through for a while and then that if you're talking about you know i always stayed on for an hour after the class and um, because most of the time i was i was just going uh, going home to to sit around we'll say or whatever so i was like look if i can kind of stay and work on some skills like I say the handstands you know I, I started out i would come in five minutes early for class and i just practiced kicking up to a handstand you know it might be a hundred times in five minutes and and the handstand would last 0.1 of a second you know what I mean? and i'd be down again but eventually you know we built up the time and 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 then I, you know, started to to actually go home in the evenings, you know, when I was sitting down and watching telly, I'd pick up videos on YouTube and I'd watch like videos about kind of progressions for handstand walking, progressions for muscle ups, progressions for pull ups, progressions for, you know, technique on Olympic lifting and this sort of thing. And that really sort of stokes my my interest in it and sort of led me down the coaching path, really, because when the wad went up on your website at six o'clock <laughs> the night before, mm-hmm. I was on the I was on YouTube yeah. at seven or eight, yeah, yeah, yeah. watching videos of or, or getting coaching techniques or or trying to trying to strategize the workout. You know, I'm going to go hard here, 
here's what I'm going to focus on in the in the strength section. Um, you know, if there's a particular skill in there, I'm looking up different progressions. And then I was kind of thinking, okay, you know, I was getting interested. And I was building up a bit of knowledge and building up a bit of a bank and that, you know. And that consistency really paid off. And and that and that that then is what brings you forward then because I, because I saw you doing that all the time and because you were probably the hardest working in the gym at the time, then that brought me forward to, to ask you to come on coaching and, and join in the team. And I just wondered if you wanted me to do it because I was always there anyway. <laughs> yeah, well, I was, there, <laughs> I was like, this guy's hanging around all the time anyway. He could possibly lock up and do a few sessions. Yeah, <laughs> maybe, he's, maybe he's looking for a job. Yeah, maybe he's <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, but yeah, look, it, it, and then look, you took to it like a duck to water. Like once you started coaching, you're in your element because obviously in your in your in your real job, <laughs> in your day job, you're in front of people yeah. anyway. You're presenting. You're in front of people. You have to deal with people, and that brings me to the point where we're trying to progress the new brand the most. Where look, our most important thing is the person first. Like mm-hmm. like it, it's not it's not the training. It's not the coaching per se. That is a given. That is our remit. That's what you're paying for. Mm-hmm. We should do a good job of that, but. What we really need to do a good job at, and I think we really do, is you know that personable approach, being good with people, and being able to talk to a certain person in a certain way and understanding their mm-hmm. situation. And you know, I've always said to regardless of what team has been there and what coach has been there, you don't know what the person is going through on the other side of that door before they walk into the gym that day. It might be their only bit of peace that day, because yeah. we've all we've all had stories. And I've learned so much across the years, and I'm sure you have as well, of don't ever judge somebody before you know them or judge them by the Mm. way they're acting because you will get the biggest land of your life when you figure out what's actually going on on the other side. Um, That person's, person's, one of their family members could have passed away that day. You wouldn't even know, you know what I mean? Mm. And you learn that as you go, but... The reason why I you went do. to that point was because I think you brought an awful lot of that to the gym when you came in. You you understood people, you were able to talk to them, and you were able to relate to them, which is which is the most important thing from the point of view of yeah. the coach. If you can't if you can't actually interact with a person and you can't talk to them in a certain way, you can be the best coach in the world, can't you? And mm-hmm. and, and they won't listen to you, right? So yeah, that, that was one of the biggest things for me when you started out was. Um, your personality, your charisma, and the way you could actually talk to people. Yeah, we just got a bit frozen there, I think. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you fine now, yeah. 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 So yeah, I was only just saying, Adrian, that that was the, one of the biggest things for me when you started coaching was um, your personality, the charisma you brought, and the way you talk to people. And that was why I think you turned into a, a very, very high standard of coach that we have today. Thanks, Shane. Appreciate that. We, um, I think, you know, it's something I've always been very social and, and got on well with people. That's just built into my personality. And like, you know, <laughs> people have always said they feel like they can bring me anywhere because they know I'll find some, someone, I'll find something to talk to anyone about. You know what I mean? Like, they'll never be afraid to introduce me to their friends, or whatever. And that's just, that's in my personal life. That's it. Besides mm-hmm. But like, in my job, as I said, I was a speech therapist, and that's all focused on communication. 
now not just <clears throat> pronunciation, it's communication in, in everything that encompasses. And it's about social use of language and it's about, you know, using the type of language that, you know, someone else understands, you know, mirroring their vocabulary, mm-hmm. things, you know, explaining something using words that they understand or, or, or not trying to overcomplicate things. Keep it simple, you know, yeah. the basics, maintain your eye contact, smile, you know, just be personable with yeah. people. You know what I mean? And it's not rehearsed. It's just. Yeah it's just strong communication and when you genuinely care about people and their progress as well yeah. it's very easy to find a common ground with them then and i found um in, in moving into the coaching role that if you remember i was always uh, at the start you know i, I just I had serious imposter syndrome you know what i mean i was just afraid that everyone was going to see through me and they'd know you know though he was a member he shouldn't be a coach and and all of that sort of yeah. you know that that fear that you sort of bring and, and and the vulnerability that you feel in that you know yeah. um but i always knew because i met people day in now in my job i met people who were sick because i worked in the hospital in the yeah, of course, yeah, of course yeah. you know people yeah. are at par- potentially the lowest ebb of their life after having a massive stroke or something like that you know the previous day and like i have to come in and talk to them and explain to them how i'm going to work on their speech yeah. so when you kind of, I suppose, when you, you regularly are put into difficult situations and you have to meet people where they're at, not where you are, it kind of made it a, a, a lot easier for me to, to sort of meet the members and, and get to know them and, you know, yeah. you're invested in, in improving people because that was my job. Yeah. I mean, it's a therapy. And, and that's it, like, isn't it? Like, it's just time and it's, it's you know, being in the situation previously and you're able to understand the situation with the person and deal with it. Like, and, yeah. and it's, it, you know, nobody's great at any one thing when they start out straight away. No. I, I, you know, we've had some fantastic coaches at least said we are at, at least said and now into more and co. You know, we've a fantastic team, um, yeah. and it's just you know you you have to give people time. Like what we do is not an easy job. I always say that to people. You know, like yeah. coaching and coaching at a high standard, which I would suggest that we do very very well. It's mm-hmm. not an easy thing to do. It's a difficult no. thing to do to stand in front of people with a high expectation of of of, of what you're going to do and to provide that for them and to and to make them better you know like that's that's, yeah. that's just what we're trying to do at the end of the day like we're just trying to make people better and that's what we're invested in and i said that, that in my day job that's what that was my focus <clears throat> so it was very easy to transfer that into coaching you know even though i didn't necessarily have all of the expertise that, that you would have had from years of of, yeah. of coaching people already in in specifically in fitness you know um, I had sort of transferable skills and then I was I was interested and, and passionate about the sport of, of CrossFit or of fitness in general at the time you know CrossFit at the time but fitness in general and like I you know I, I think we, we did a lot of work on on learning that you know I went and did my my level one yeah. Um, yeah. course and stuff and like it all kind of came together I think really then and, yeah, you know I enjoy what I do and I and I hope that's reflected in my in my classes and in my demeanor in my classes so 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 people i know so people that are listening adrian and watching know and um, lads that adrian know if he's coaching like a, a classes on the schedule during the week i would pick adrian to do whatever our most highest skill class would be um, in the schedule so if he was coaching a class it may be the likes of some sort of olympic lifting or gymnastics based class or something that's going to be very technical because he moves really really well and he's uh, really descriptive about the way he actually coaches. So the people out there are under no illusions of what they actually need to do. And that's one of the biggest things about being a coach. Like mm-hmm. the most important thing I think when you're a coach is that when you when you describe a class or you give a coaching session, is silence. And what I mean that what I mean by that is um, you you know where I go with this is that there is absolutely no questions in the room 
about what's actually going on. Everybody in the room yeah. knows what they need to do, no matter what level they are, whether they're a beginner, intermediate, advanced, and they all have an option for them, and they're happy because the silence shows me happiness within the room when the coaches, after finishing their their um, their brief or their breakdown of what's going on. Yeah, and that's it. I think you know that that communi- those communication skills and and I say explaining things well to people is very important to me. And like you know, and because uh, you're the same, you know, I hold myself to a very high standard, and <laughs> in, in in pretty much everything that I do, and the things that I don't I don't do, I don't do them because I know I wouldn't do them well. So I just don't get involved in the first place, you know. So if I do commit to something, yeah. I like to be good at it, basically. Yeah. Or I love it. You know, hold myself to a high standard, and so like yeah, little things like that. If I finish explaining a wad and then a member comes up to me at the end and they're like, come here, what are we doing? Like, I'm like, yeah. that just, it breaks my heart. Like, yeah. <laughs> really well, look, hold on. That, that, that can happen anyway, right? It, like, regardless of how good of a coach you are, you're going to have Sleepy Joe in the corner who has to listen to a word you said. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Again, again, go back to earlier, maybe that person's in a different, different space right there and you don't know where they yeah. are. They might be, you know, they might be writing the shopping list out of their head for after the class. You, like, you really don't know, you know, the person could be stressed out the high door. Or they could just yeah. be completely uninterested as well. <laughs> you know, like, but look, that's, yeah. that's just part of being a coach. That's just part of being a coach. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, and look, you know, as they, you never know what people are bringing in the door. And like, you know, I, I've, been, I've been on both sides of that situation myself as well, obviously, by coming into the gym and stuff and, 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 and difficult stuff happening in your personal life and... and it is your escape and it is the best hour of your day in, in one sense, you know? So like, yeah. I, I totally appreciate that. Mm. And I can, I can meet people where they're at with that. And, and at the same time, mm. I don't bring expectations of people into a class. You know what I mean? Uh, I, I think all I, all I expect them to do is to get in the door. Cause as I said yeah. earlier on, that was the hardest part for me. Like you've been in the door. Yeah. I'll do the rest. You know what I mean? Like I'll, I'll, I'll try mm. and be motivational. I'll try and, you know, I, give you all of the tools and the explanations and the, everything that you need to, to do to make this a good hour. I mean, that it adds value to your life, that you feel like you've gotten something out of it. You know? Yeah, and they should look forward to it, Adrian. Like, I think, you know, there's no better reward for a coach than somebody saying to them that they look forward to coming to their class. Like, that's the, for mm. me, like, that's the, that's the be on end all, you know. It's like, oh, like, you know, I love your classes. Like, are you coaching today at half five or whatever, you know? What class are you coaching next? I mean, that's the biggest reward, right? It's not the financial thing. It's like, right, they actually really appreciate what I'm doing and I'm making them better. And like, that's, again, it's more important than anything to me. And that's the reason why, that's the reason why I opened a fitness-based business. That's the reason why we run more and call today. And it's, you know, it's more about that mental, physical and personal reward for me and for the person who's training than anything else. Um, exactly yeah. but yeah like you know you, and now you know you can tell people what are you know how long are you there seven years now is it seven years you're, you're training yes seven seven years i think at this seven stage years, yeah yeah seven years <laughs> and counting and now moving into a new brand as well so, <laughs> yeah so what i wanted to do right and we're nearly at the end because we don't want to make it too long for people right it's only a very no, first episode yeah. but um i wanted to go across just a couple of funny things we'll probably do it myself as well you could interview me next or whatever but yeah, yeah. I love this, you know, because obviously, you know, I've done the 10,000 hours twice, like, <laughs> coaching by so, 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 so what is, what is the number one most uh, annoying thing that uh, a client does when they're in a session with you? Give it to me. The, the, there's, two, there's two things that really annoy me. They annoy me for different, different reasons, all right? I think I people, talking, people talking during the brief. 
when I'm trying <laughs> to explain the class yeah. and there's a conversation going on and like, you know, you, you and I, neither of us really struggle with that because we can, we can boom yeah. our voice over the top of people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they're, they're also the same people who come to you afterwards and go, What's, what are we doing? <laughs> yeah, I fucking hate that shit. <laughs> it drives me mental. That drives me mental. It's like, that or the lateness the lateness has to be one um, yeah. not so bothered not, not as bothered by that not as bothered by that as long as people don't try to skip the warm up I don't mind them being late as long as they come in and they're straight into the warm up yeah, yeah. yeah I'm okay because I just don't want them going in and getting injured in, in the wad because they didn't warm up properly you know Yeah, yeah. yeah. But the, the other thing there's a second thing that annoys me and this is probably more as a member than as a coach is people skipping reps that really just oh yeah 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 yeah, yeah. the bluffer do you see it more as a coach than you do as a when you're when you're in the middle of a workout? Obviously, you know, um, and not that people do it. I've yeah, seen people, do, <laughs> yeah, seen people don't do it as often as you think. But yeah. you know, I, I just think so. If in those instances, people are they're cheating themselves. You know, like it's one rep less or one rep less that you're doing for your health. Yeah, well, if and for what? Matter, it doesn't matter, like because you know, <laughs> if it's an AMRAP, it's regardless. You're only fooling yourself because you're coming back around to the exercise again anyway. Yeah, yeah, you're just yeah, getting yeah. there faster. But like. Look, that kind of does fit in, I suppose, what we're moving away from and into, away from the competitive kind of, you know, CrossFit yeah. end where, you know, things could be a little rushed and pushed a little bit too fast. And then, you know, there's, there's an emphasis to cheat on reps then because, you know, there's a race, the race yeah. to finish, you know what I mean? But, um, yeah. yeah, look, that that's, <laughs> they're funny. What One more question for you on coaching. Um, okay. What is the worst thing anybody has ever done in your class? <laughs> Any one of your classes? No, but just one thing. What's the yeah, one? Yeah. Okay. Thing? So, I think that. I, I think no, no, the, the no, one, no names. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm not. I'm not naming and shaming anyone. No, no, no. Um, I, <laughs> most of the most of the the things I've seen, uh, it was that I put into that category would would all relate to handstands. It's 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 when bravery meets stupidity during handstand practice. That's yeah. That's yeah. It's kind of you know like oh, a little nice. <laughs> I say, a little a little knowledge is dangerous is a dangerous thing or whatever. But uh, I've seen yeah. I mean people, uh, you know, I've seen people trying to kick away from the wall, doing a wall walk, and then go flat onto their back like a tree falling in the woods. You know. Oh god. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's probably. Yeah, that's probably or, the worst. Or, I mean, or just throwing yourself up against the wall with absolutely no regard for your personal safety. And then yeah. the coach asking you afterwards, have you done a handstand before? No, I've never done no. a handstand. Maybe yeah. it's a good idea to start off with a push-up instead of chucking yourself <laughs> on top of your neck first. Yeah, yeah. I've seen many. I've seen people come out, come down on their neck on some seriously yeah, awkward yeah, angles yeah. on occasion. Strict yeah. protocols yeah. on that note have been put in place. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> where you're absolutely not allowed going to handstand unless you can prove you can do a wall walk first. But yeah, yeah well, you have to. Be, yeah, you have you have to be able to. Uh, you have to be able to push press your own body weight if you want to do a handstand. That should be the rule. This is it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> look, yeah, look, Adrian, that was brilliant. The coaching stuff is great, and look, it shows where you've come from and where you are today from the point of view of look. Starting off with a person who wanted to give up in the gym after six months, but now is a coach who trains classes. Um, and has done that for an extended period of time into a new brand and look that'll be kind of where we finish today's conversation and we talk about the yeah. new brand and, and what we're trying to do so look um we're we're bringing it into a new era now we've we've integrated an awful lot of new changes into the gym from the point of view of my zone looking at people's health in a different way a smarter approach to their training as well 
but the more concept and the more uncoat concept is is all about trying to bring more than what we were before to people, trying to make people greater than what they were yesterday. And again, you know, we've talked about an awful lot in this podcast about um, the mental thing over the physical thing, but the mental thing being there before the physical thing. And that has to be part of what we do right now. Um, mm-hmm. And it will end up as well, um, other parts of the brand moving towards us um, starting, to, starting to chip in and starting to really, really work on the charity end with the brand as well. And, you know, I think businesses, no matter what we're going through right now, look, a lot of businesses in Cork are going through big, big struggles and in Ireland, in the mm-hmm. whole of the country. But we still should be looking at charity and we should be looking at Cork charities and we should be looking at them and trying to help them as much as we can. And that's something Moe & Co is going to be doing now going into 20, the end of 2020 and the start of 2021. Um, that has to be a purpose to a business. And I think, you know, helping people who are in need um, as well as he, helping people on a daily basis with their physical and mental health, but also helping people who are really, really struggling in their own lives can be something that we can, yeah. even if it is a small amount right now, contribute a small amount that we can build over time. And we'll be launching that that partnership with a new charity and a new um, a brand in Cork in, in, in weeks to come. But yeah, look, I just wanted to throw that in there at the end that you know we're heading into a new, a new brand now and um, yeah. a new adventure. <laughs> Yeah, it's really exciting, Shane. I think, um, you know, as I say, this is this is my third, my third, uh, my third iteration of your uh, of your gym at this stage. We've got there. You know, We've got there. But you know what? We have though, and and I think you know, I, I suppose I've, what I've seen is that is the transition from you know trying to find your way in 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 Cork Fitness Academy, establish your brand, establish yourself as a coach and business owner, through to like CrossFit coming in under a franchise. And, 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 you know, like giving, giving that as much as, of a go as you could, but really not being satisfied because you needed to, I suppose it didn't address all that you wanted it to in terms of the, the whole of somebody's life and all the mental aspects and stuff that you've mentioned. So I think, you know, in, in moving away from CrossFit, I've seen that you've been kind of itching to, to put, a, put your, more of your own stamp on what the, what the gym is and what the brand is. And like, that's why I think this is a, so this is a really exciting time now because this will be the true sort of, um, and brand that you've always wanted really and it could be literally everything that that you that got you into this profession in the first place it is and it's, it's kind of reverting back to the start and it's kind of going look you know you know any person in any job you have to say to yourself in a daily basis you know why do i do this you know like obviously mm-hmm. we all have you know we all have expenses we all have families we yeah. all have, you know we all have things to pay for and we have things to take care of but like you know, there has to be a reason behind why you do what you do on a daily basis. And you really have to, you know, to work the hours that a, a business owner works, you'd be insane. You can't, firstly, you can't maintain that with doing something that you don't love. It's just not yeah. going to happen. You'll give up on it. But like, you know, if you made out, <laughs> if you made out at an hourly rate while you've been paid across the last seven to 10 years, people would think you're insane. Like, you know what I mean? You know, but, but, <laughs> It, it, it comes down to a point that you're trying to make a change in other people's lives and you're trying to make a change to people who are probably not as, you know, not as beneficial as beneficially off as, as what you are. And, and that's what the new brand has to be about. And um, we'll bring something new, we'll bring something fresh and, um, but we'll treat people right. And I think that's a, mm. that's a huge, huge part of it. You know, just if you, the simplicity of just trying to make people happy, treat them right and treat them well. And I think people will repay you in droves if you do that on a daily basis. 
Absolutely, yeah. I couldn't have said it better. I think that that um, that's what what it's all about, really. And the gym, like your gym and, and the gym, you know, has always been about that community aspect for me. And that's why it was easy again to make the transition to become a coach, because it was about the people. And I was already invested in a lot of these people because I had really good personal relationships with them anyway, as well, and to be able to help them and coach them, you know. And like, it's nice now as well to sort of transition into a brand where we as a team can sort of put a stamp on that mm-hmm. and and really sort of I suppose make the brand in in um, represent what 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 you envision and, and what we as a team sort of want to move forward with you know so it's really exciting to have the the lead brand and to uh to move forward yeah yeah it's exciting and it's uh it's really exciting for me it's exciting for that because we've got a lot to give and yeah yeah we're we're chopping up a bit there at the end where we're chopping in and out that's okay um yeah. but yeah look adrian um i'd say we'll leave it at that i think it was a brilliant yeah. conversation we got got a huge amount of it but i've learned an awful lot again um about <laughs> you, which is great uh, what we might do in the near future is get you one to do the, the opposite with me. Um, and yeah, you, can, you, can, you can, within reason now, like we don't want to leave, leave all the cats out of the bag, you know, like trying to keep all the <laughs> bad stuff in the background. But um, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, look, it was a very interesting conversation. I hope people at, uh, at home or wherever you're listening to this right now or watching it, you've enjoyed it. This is episode one of the uh, Back for More podcast and um, coming back for more podcast and uh thank you adrian bradley and uh i will catch you in the gym, <laughs> in the gym actually in person uh next week cheers adrian yeah. cheers Shane. thanks, thanks so much for that cheers